Hi there, this is Detective Squee. You're about to listen to this week's episode of Due South by Southeast. Now, uh, this is another one which we recorded back in October this time. It was, uh, I believe, one which was recorded in the end of September last time. This one was recorded in October. And then we're going to be on brand new episodes. I'm so sorry it's taken us so long uh, to get these episodes out. We just got so mad busy. I didn't have time to listen to them back and edit them. The small amount of editing that we do do. But uh, we hope you enjoy this week's episode and we'll be back, as I say, with a new one in the next couple of weeks. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. This is Ramona Milano, otherwise known as Francesca Vecchio, and you are listening to Do South by Southeast. I am Catherine Bruyer, and I am listening to Do South by Southeast. I'm Tony Craig. I play Jack Huey on Do South, and you're listening to Do South by Southeast. I wish this podcast would carry me away But while talking to Squeak Can Michelle get a word in edgeways Rickled over a bottle of rum on a dock of Southampton Bay Do South That is what we're talking about Do South Saddle up my microphone Get deep in Baker bone Do South By South Welcome to Due South by Southeast. My name is Detective Squee. With me, as always, is Little Sergeant Little Sergeant Benton. Sergeant Benton. That's from uh, my other podcast. <laughs> anyway, with me, as always, is Benton. Sadly, again, uh, Dottie Baker is on assignment with her mummy. So, uh, joining me, uh, really some woefully inadequate stand-ins. We've got uh, someone who is. The only presenter on this show smaller than than Benton. It's of course. It's little Mountie Michelle. And uh, uh, the one who aids us when we're failing. I don't know. Civilian aid Nicola. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, look, I did, the problem is we've done an intro to the uh, Mona Milano episode. And like, I know that was two episodes ago for you dear listener but uh, you know doing two intros has just thrown me uh, i'm that, that's easily done as we all know i did my own taskmaster intro did you get it yeah i did thank you thank oh, you what, little alex hey, horn little yeah if anyone knows um i'm the program taskmaster that we have over here in uh, the uk Oh, it's amazing yeah, it's, it's uh i th- actually i think if you appreciate the humor of due south you'd appreciate the humour of Taskmaster. It's it's that kind of, like, off-the-wall sense of humour. It's where, like, they assign different tasks. They did it in America for a series. I don't think it did too well. Yeah, they had Alex that. Horn on it, who's the guy who created it and is the kind of, like, Taskmaster's assistant in both versions. And in America, it was uh, Reggie Watts. 
Oh, I love Reggie Watts. He's great, but it just the show just didn't work. They didn't. They took the tasks too seriously in the way they did it, and they mm. gave half an hour to do a show which really needs to be an hour. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it's it's just a show where they set these really stupid, just funny tasks, which uh, five celebrities have got to do each week, and you get the same five celebrities for the whole series, and they compete every weekend. Uh, it's just all it's great. It's a great program. program, and they all interpret it differently. So that's mm. the cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, and someone talking to the microphone, Nicola. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say act as if you're trapped inside the microphone. Hello, let me out of here. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, how's everyone been? How, how, how are you doing? All right, yeah, not bad, actually. Yeah. Pretty good, how are you? Yeah, yeah, good, thanks. What, what have you been up to, Nicola? Uh, Nicola and Michelle. Nicola, but looking at Michelle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, a lot of work, um, a lot of decorating at home, a lot of painting and decorating and mm. DIY. No mishaps yet. Or have you done your bathroom? Or is that? Not yet. Oh, that's Not the yet. one you want to do. That's, that's the big yeah. job that we need to do. Sticking to the little jobs. I love the way you're just nattering to each other like the, the, the listeners aren't there. <laughs> They're so interested in this. I, mean, I don't think they're we've driven so them all off yet. So <laughs> let's, let's oh, like they're this, talking sorry. DIY. There's got to be a better, better podcast out there. <laughs> Nicola, what have we been up to recently? Oh, oh, we went to Covcom. So yep. it's a Comic Con in Coventry in the UK. Yep, that was great. Yep. We had a great time there. Um, I, I host the panels there. You do, you do indeed. Third year in a row. Uh, know, it was absolutely I wonderful. Them. I mean, it, it's sort of like it's. It's why I really love doing stuff like this. It's like to, to get to, I mean, I love talking about the episodes of G South, but like, you know, uh, Mona Milano, that was just so wonderful to talk to her, to talk to kind of some of the other people who've been in G South. And at this event, it's kind of that for other shows. So I got to do one panel from two of the surviving members of the cast of uh, Dad's Army, which is a classic um war-based uh sitcom over here great show so yeah it's, it's from back in the day it's uh it's based on like the home guard who were like the the people who maybe wouldn't have got into the army they would kind of like do the home front they they'd kind of look after things over here and they were kind of like uh, lampooned a bit but it kind of like this show's got a lot of heart for that it does take the mickey in a loving way but it also shows that they're real people who are trying to do something i think i think there was always a great reverence for the people who did that job and so it's just it's really great to to have an interview with two people from that show who just i mean i honestly think just the two guys who I interviewed uh, ian lavender and uh, frank uh, williams who uh, yeah i say they're two two of the few surviving members of that show mm-hmm. and i don't know if like that that potentially could be the last professional engagement those two do because they kind of like a lot of the stars who were going to this show specifically did it because they do uh this uh, this surviving world or this disappearing world i believe it is is the charity they do in aid of and so you know there's lots of stars who came out specifically for that who don't usually do these kind of shows so uh, that might have been the last interview with those and if that's the case or even if not it's just such a great honor and i did another interview like with uh, some people from dog two everyone knows i'm a big dog two fan I do my own podcast gallery stands our, our sister show on on dog two and uh there, there was a panel as well on the nostalgic british tv and movies so a, a lot of stars in that it was just a really special event and one which we always look forward to every year so just a big shout out to that so please listen to our other podcast to get some highlights from that 
But guys, enough of my... Oh, oh, yeah, uh, enough, enough of your plugging. Enough of uh, what has Nicola done this just recently. Yes. <laughs> well, I think we can do. Yeah. <laughs> she was along for the ride. Oh. We went to Cough gone, oh, 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 was it? You should change it to, can Nicola get a word in Edgeworth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you also you dyed your hair pink, go on. It's been a... Oh, can I speak now? <laughs> go on, of squee. Would you like to explain... Oh. <laughs> You're going to be lynched. Oh, you really fights, are. Please. No oh, fights. Do you not watch The Handmaid's Tale? No. Oh, he's going to be lynched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, no, sorry. Go on. Go on, Pinky. <laughs> oh, no. Don't you want to tell everybody about my hair? There you go. Come on. <laughs> I'm only joking. Yeah, I've had the... I've had it underneath of my hair dyed pink. Yeah, it's a really striking look. I, I love Aww, it. It's very pretty. I like you. it a lot. Thank you. That's really kind of you so uh, have I won you back over now? No, never. <laughs> a little, little more work needed there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I need a drink after that. Yo, ho, ho! We're getting drunk as hell! Tell me what rum are we drinking, Marshall? Thank you very much, Mr. Blaine Garrison, Yay, for that jingle. And, of course, to Matt Lees for the uh, theme tune to this wonderful podcast. And Well, wonderful podcast. This wonderful theme tune to this podcast is what I meant to say. The podcast is pretty damn wonderful too, if if I do say so myself. Before we get to the episode end of uh, Juice South that we've been watching, we always kind of like to talk about what rum we're drinking and what what is a few other orders of business. So, Michelle, what rum we're drinking? I've got to be careful how I say this one, haven't I? Um, Sangsong. Isn't that a mobile phone network? No. Oh, sorry, cell phone for the Americans. <laughs> no, this is a it's a lovely rum. Lovely. We've had a few of these lovely. already, and it's rather <gasps> so lovely. We're enjoying nice. it a lot. Sang Som. It's a. It's from Thailand. This isn't your, your you know, your usual Caribbean rum. This is. This one's a bit different. Did you go over there yourself and pick no. it up? Got it from Amazon. Oh, yeah. And not from the Amazon. <laughs> from the. Maybe the, you go on holiday yeah. anymore for your duty free. <laughs> no. <laughs> she didn't go to the Amazon to get a rum from Thailand. It's not that weird. No, is it? no, no. I just on, on the website. Vision of a down the old. Um, down the up the down, docks. Down the, going down the Amazon on her little, on little canoe. Canoe. <laughs> well, it was an upturned leaf, but it was a canoe to her. <laughs> oh. Yeah. In uh, a pot of veg. In a pot of veg. Well, that would be ironic, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> yes, we went for something a little bit different this week. We um, did. And I think we're really enjoying it. We're liking this one a lot. Lovely. It's actually an award-winning rum. And I, I saw this before I bought it. I saw it won a couple of awards. And I was like, oh, I'm very impressed. Okay, I'm definitely going to try this one. Now, some of the awards were uh, back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, 82 and... Oh, when was it? I've got my glasses on, still can't read. Yeah, 82 and 83, they won awards in Madrid. Back in 2006, they won an award in Barcelona as well. So isn't a triple award winning oh, rum. Barcelona is such a beautiful horizon. It's, it's like a jewel in the sun. That's how I remember anyway. I mean, they don't actually say what they've won their award for. No, it doesn't say. It doesn't say. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing for rum. Mm. Well, you'd like to think, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's, it's, it would be a weird thing to, like... Uh... It's the best wine. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> Tom. Rum. Yeah. yeah, it's lovely. It's, it's got a very caramelly yeah. tone to it. That was our, yeah, yeah, even like you know, we were smelling it just to get the notes, you know, because um, we're um, rum connoisseurs now, aren't we? So it's... we were like, mm, oh, are we getting caramel? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spit it in a bucket. And a whoosh no, a went right up my nose. <laughs> I definitely recommend this rum. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, this one's lovely. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I think we're done with our and we, and we also had a, a, a wee snifter of Old Hopkins, a, uh, yes, the, the house run with this podcast, if you will. I think that's our, our staple rum. Yeah. Like, that's our benchmark rum. Hey, this rum comes in a box as well, so it looks impressive. And it says it's special. It says special, special. rum on the bottle, so it's special. For special, special people. Rum. For yeah. special people, yes. That's why I bought it, because I thought, well, we're special, so mm. it's made for us. So actually, if someone was to buy that and take it to someone's house, it would be quite impressive, wouldn't it, With the, in a box? Yeah, if anyone wanted to come to my house and bring me some rum, yeah. No. Just don't give your address out. <laughs> Imagine the house rum party. I could get sent to me, though. <laughs> no, I was thinking of everyone turning up. <laughs> and as always, if there's any rum companies listening who want a nice plug for yes. their rum, I, Please. send the spot. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. The mincha will do us. We're not really that fussy. I mean, we just... don't even need it in a box. <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah. No. I mean, not even in a bottle. Just, just put a bag. it in pour in our hands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just lap it up like little kittens. Yeah, it doesn't even need to be new. Just second hand, you know. Second hand? <laughs> yeah. yeah, second hand. Bro. What, someone's peed it out? <laughs> exactly. You know. Filtered no, rum, I, I, do they call that? I'm, I'm going to draw the line of that, actually. That's, <laughs> no, that, actually it does have to be first hand for me. about it, there is that coffee, isn't there? You know, oh, the one that cats have. The munchian uh, monkeys, it isn't it? Hey. No, no, it's an actual cat. You're right, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It, it goes through the system. Same thing with rum, so you can have that. Yeah, it's a really expensive, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a really expensive uh, coffee, which, uh, you know, people pay ridiculous amounts for. And it's because, yeah, it's been, the, the coffee beans have been eaten by cats, softened by their digestive system, pooped out. The beans then get removed from the poop and made into coffee. Oh, I haven't tried that one. Go. So yeah. we could do that with rum? <laughs> Yeah, again, I'm going to say no thank you. See if that's what we try. Make <laughs> millions of pounds from it. I bet you could as well. I bet you could. <laughs> I wonder what we'd be sitting there saying. Oh, it's just like overtones. <laughs> mm, the aroma. <laughs> <laughs> A whoosh straight up my nose. <laughs> straight up your oh no, nose, nose. Okay, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, is it because you now work in endoscopy, Michelle, that it always ends up with the bottom talk? We have all the equipment. By the way, she's a nurse. She's not just... (laughs) Yeah. We just hang around the endoscopy department. She doesn't just do specialist specialist extra work. Well, she does, but that's not a story. Yes, I'm not employed. I just volunteer in the endoscopy. She's an an NHS nurse. She has to make up the money somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I hand out a little card to anyone. If you need any uh, work on the side, just uh, give me a call. <laughs> and on the side of what, we don't have to, to you know, ask too many questions. Oh, do you have this equipment at home? No. And you can guarantee it won't be stuck in there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Guaranteed to get it out every time. And uh, I, I, by the way, before we get into our next order of business, just while I remember... We should give a quick plug to our network, which is the Wonky Spanner Network, the uh, most amazing podcast network, host of this show and, and many others, as well as uh, scintillating uh, articles and uh, loads of fantastic stuff like that. We should also uh, say where people can find this podcast online. So, Nicola, I believe you memorised all these details. Which one? <laughs> Facebook is due south by southeast. Yeah. Yes. There you go, done. Twitter? Oh. Due south by DS... Some, no, due south. DS? DSC, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, display screen D- equipment. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. That's the one. At due south, 
Do you know what? What are the other initials? Let's face it. You would just put in due south by southeast. And it'll come up. Not necessarily on Twitter. Twitter's not always that good. Okay, um, at due south by southeast. No, at due south. B-S-E. B-S-E. At due south B-S-E, which is the same on uh, Instagram. Uh, What about on uh, on email? Um, Due south by south. No, due south D-S. It's not display screen equipment. Hang on. Do self BSE at at gmail.com. Yes, Yay. that's correct. Well, the question well done because I used to get this all the time, this, didn't I? I used to be useless at this. It took me such a long time. Yeah, now you look at your notes. Yeah, you're bored. No, I haven't got notes. <laughs> but, that he's got bored of me now because I know it all. <laughs> so it's your I know, turn. It's entertaining for me. Can I ask a question? Why have you bought your own kitchen towel? It's a bookmark. Ah. What, and in case you. <laughs> Need it. <laughs> it's multi-purpose. Yeah. Tell she gets in case she gets too amused by the podcast and has a little wee, <laughs> or, or spill my rum, I mean, which is more it, likely to happen. It is a pretty both are likely. picture of <laughs> hearts on yeah. it. It's pretty. But, yeah, it, it, it was it's pretty and protective. I yes. needed a bookmark. <laughs> it was handy. There we go. Okay. I think we're going on here. <laughs> well, I think that's covered what rum we're drinking. So next order of business. It's the Thank you again, Blaine and uh, Matt Lees for the tune along to that one. So, Mini Mountain Club. Who's who's got a Mini Mountie this week? I have. I have. So, I uh, became a great aunt again for about the minute time. (laughs) (laughs) And a little girl. Yeah, can we get... Your uh, your nephew a TV or something, you know? I think. He... <laughs> hang, on, hang on, it's not my nephew that's had a little one. It's my niece that's had a little one. Okay, it's just all these nephews and nieces. I think they need some TVs. <laughs> <laughs> some board games, just anything. Yeah, yeah some some, uh, some other hobby which is less expensive. Uh Katie, Katie Kelly, K A D I, Kelly. Oh, and what number is she? At ninety five. 95, Ooh, and we always said we wanted to get to 100. No, because she's not from that far. <laughs> yeah, we just assumed by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got you, we just assume. Let's yeah. get another one. <laughs> you assume that A, it's my nephew, which is, and it's not Kershaw. Okay. okay. The whole list has got 100 Kershaw babies <laughs> on it. Prolific <laughs> baby makers in your family. Yeah. They're not Kershaws. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is a uh, little Katie Kelly. And considering we want to get up to 100 by the end of doing this... I'll like just have a word with Gary, shall I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can knock out five by the time we record the next episode. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we, we're going to like very soon get up to uh, 100 and we're not even... I think we're about halfway through the run of Juice South, maybe? Actually, no, no, because we're halfway through the second series... It's a weird. It's a weird thing because, like I've said this uh, many times, but in Canada and America, they broke it down into four series. In the UK, it was classed as three series. The last two series were coming as one because there was a break between. But anyway, I think we're roughly in episode count. We're roughly about halfway through, I think. But I digress. We had an episode of Juice South we watched this week, guys. Yes, we did. Which always helps this podcast. <laughs> what what episode was it, guys? 
Juliet is bleeding. Nope. Try again. I thought that's what it was called. Juliet is bleeding. Nope. Bloody Juliet. That's Romeo's bleeding, isn't it? No. No, the episode is called Juliet is bleeding. Was it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you watching? I, know, I thought it was Romeo's bleeding for some reason. Why I don't would know it why. be Juliet's a female? Well, that makes more sense now if you say it like that, but... <laughs> huh? I was talking about yourself, so I'm trying to get the episode uh, up on IMDb. Well, I've, so, I've written down Juliet a? is bleeding. <laughs> I think okay, you're right. I don't know why I had that in my head. I don't know. You're wrong. We're right. That's that. Yeah. yeah no, Juliet, that is, Juliet is bleeding, normal. of course. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfectly Isn't normal. Isn't that what we said? Yeah. No, I think that's what I said. So, uh, this is directed by George Bloomfield, and it is written by uh, Kathy Slaven and Jeff King. And uh, Paul Haggis is credited as a writer, but as the creator of G South. And the uh, episode synopsis on IMDb, written by Anonymous, goes thus. Ray encounters his old archenemy, Frank Zuko, at a party. After both sides investigate a brawl, Instigator brawl, sorry. Ray is suspended and ordered to make amends with Zuko until a car bomb meant for Ray kills one of his friends. And uh, this is, yeah, it's quite an intense episode. It's a heart-wrenching episode. Heart-wrenching, yeah. I think that's a a very good way of describing it. It's one where we lose a a member of the Due South family, which we'll get into a bit Mm. later when it happens. And it's... uh, it's one which also we found as great an episode as it is it's got a couple of bits which just given it's so well written and as G-South always is there's a couple of bits where they it just kind of there's a few chinks in the armour on this one just it just a few jarring moments which didn't quite seem to fit in an otherwise yeah. brilliant episode we're going to get into that so where do we start this week Michelle well, we should start at the beginning. So straight away, there's a car that pulls up outside a shop. So these um, guys get out the car. They're clearly they're robbers. They've got some um, like balaclava mos- uh, mosques. Good, that's a good, mosque. That's a good start. Oh, <laughs> Michelle, in this day and age, let's not inflame any Uh-oh. unnecessary thingies. Masks, balaclava. There was legitimately a slip of the tongue. Anyone who's listening, we're not trying to incite anything. We're not trying to. Anyway, doing, moving on. You're not going to cut it then? No, that's work. It's out there now, isn't it? It's out and there. It's, it's a slip of the tongue. It's not like she said anything else. Yeah, they've got masks on. I um, mean, we didn't get into Michelle's, you know, religious views, which just, oh, God. I mean, some of her <laughs> We don't have time comments, for that, do we? We don't have time. Like, we cut those before the episode started. No, <laughs> yeah. no. I, I, honestly, obviously, it's slip of the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, let's move on. So they, um, they head on into the shop and... I think I had an inkling straight away that this was kind of mob related. The the, um, the guy that owns the shop was like, "Oh, uh, what do you say? Uh, we're protected." So obviously they're paying protection money. So straight away I was talking to the yeah, mic, right? Straight away I was thinking, okay, this is like kind of mob related. Um, but I I didn't think um, obviously with like, Ray's connections with like Frank Zuko, I didn't hadn't kind of thought down that route at all. No, I I'd completely forgotten yeah. he reappears and. I think he might have put on a little bit of weight since last time he was on because we thought it was there a different actor for a while. Yeah, he looks a bit, quite a bit different, but it is the same actor, yeah. definitely. Uh, I think, I mean, sorry, it sounds so catty, but it's just, <laughs> I, I seem to remember in the first episode he was particularly thin. Mm. Here he just doesn't look particularly thin. It's not that he looks 
overweight or anything, but I, I think he might have just just he's filled out a bit. Filled yeah, out a bit. Wild. Yeah, that's yeah. probably the good way. He, I think he was quite quite particularly young in the first episode. And now he's not a bit old, but he's nearly old. And <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just I don't want to say like I don't want to sound like I'm but saying he's, he's fat because he's by no means is. He's just not like he was very thin and very young yeah. in the first episode, and he's just and now he's not. <laughs> yeah. A little less of each. That's all yeah, I'm but he still looks great. You can say it as it is. He looks great. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's weird though because they, you know, they they storm this place, and the thing that they take is a gift. Is this? They've got a thing that's gift wrapped, haven't they? So they they take this and they head back to the car, and <laughs> this is all they've taken. Yeah. Was this gift? So I mean, right now I'm still a little bit confused as to why they did that. Oh, that's nothing to do with the cigars, though. Because that is was that, that, was, the that gift? was the gift, but why? Sorry, the cigars were the gift, so that all came to fruition when later on about the bomb. But yeah. obviously, we'll get there. So that might be connected oh. to that. Do you think? Yeah. Okay, it's making a little bit more sense to me now. We're, we're talking yeah. about it. Nobody yeah. ever goes and raids the shop and threatens people for a gift. I don't think. No, not that I've ever noticed. No. But for cigars, they do it. Cigar, oh yeah, but these were good cigars, apparently the best. Yeah, best yeah. of the best. And I believe we go into our first clip right we now. We are, yes. Mm. Uh, so uh, we, it was a really nice thing. So uh, we go from straight from that action to uh, Ray in his car pulling up, and you hear this voiceover of him talking to Huey and Dewey and uh, to uh, Benny. About his new raise and the fact that he's just yeah been bumped up a grade at work, and how he's all treating them to dinner. It's a really nice into the episode. I like it when they kind of find a nice organic way of getting into into things. And so he ends up going to this restaurant where uh, his arch enemy is, is dining. But before they get in there, oh, there's a funny little moment with him and uh, and with Benny. So we bring you clip number one for poor star dining. line on that's classic i'm just having the soup <laughs> trying to make d feel better oh, that was so sad though wasn't it it was like yeah he got a salad for that that's what's sad yeah. but he was looking well no is it is it you'd be happy with a salad being brought out well of course but i'm a happy vegan now so yeah I, see, so i'd be happy with some dust obviously <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you'd just be happy with the fresh air that's yeah oh i'm full <laughs> i breathed yeah, in twice oh. in, yeah oh. 
Couldn't manage anymore. But uh, yeah, it's it's. He was sad though because he'd been waiting for it all day. He hadn't, yeah, he hadn't eaten anything. He, he hadn't was... eaten anything. I Can know. you imagine a dog going? Well, a wolf going all day without eating. Well, I can't exactly. imagine Dotty Baker going all day without food. <gasps> Look at what happened to Little Red Riding Hood. He'd mm. been he'd been yeah. waiting for that all day. Yeah. Yeah. He. The Little wolf. Red Riding Hood wasn't the he. The wolf had the been wolf. waiting for that all day. You dingbat. <laughs> you dingbat. <laughs> nice censoring there. <laughs> Yeah, we can swear here. Fuck it. Mofo. <laughs> um, yeah, see? Look what happened there. Didn't turn out too good for her. Never starve a wolf. No. And, well, we saw it on Game of Thrones as well. Yeah, see? Oh, yeah. He didn't have... Uh, are you talking about... Um, yeah, the... Uh, the Ramsey Bolton. The guy who cut the knob off the other guy. Ramsey Bolton. Yeah, that's the one. So he didn't fare too well either, see? No. This guy who uh, oh, yeah. watch Game I haven't of seen it. No. This guy oh, who's been okay. torturing people, really nasty piece of work, mm. and then great uh, actor though. He, he does this fair. thing about like uh, I've actor. starved my wolves all day. They're going to kill you now, and like basically <laughs> turn it on him, lock him in with them. They he goes, ha, my wolves will not kill me. And they go, didn't you just say you've been starving them all week or whatever? It's like yeah, shit, and they just tear him. I love the bit where you went, my wolves are starved. They're going to kill you now. Is that, it did yeah. go into that sort of Arnie. We've been watching Terminator as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're going to kill you now. So, due south anyway. Uh, <laughs> but it's, so, it didn't I, turn um, Deepen Baker into a murderous kind of. Uh, but he was back. Wolf. He did, he, yeah, he was back. But I, I do love that whole thing of when you've got uh, Ray. He's uh, just so hard, like, trodden on by everyone. He's trying to, like, do. Do the big gesture and treat you know be the big shot and treat everyone to dinner. Everyone's taking the piss, yep. and then just when he thinks it couldn't get any worse, like, but surely you can let the wolf come in and see us. I'm crying out loud. <laughs> just not catching a break on any level. Yeah, and the fact is, the wolf could probably eat more than all of those guys combined. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's what he's thinking. He's like, oh, I can't fill up this wolf as well. Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, he tries to get away with bringing a salad out to him, and then as soon as there's an appropriate moment, the wolf, well, you know, a, an opportune moment, mm. the wolf's walking straight in to grab food. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I love the way he sat at the table, just eating it off a plate. He's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yep, dinner. <laughs> but I, I do. It, it's again, it's a nice kind of organic setup into the episode. So the whole idea that this is the neighborhood restaurant from, you know, from Ray's neighborhood. So there's a good kind of reason why he and his arch enemy would be in there, yeah. who kind of like runs the neighborhood. And there's that nice bit of tension with the waiter, you know, the sorry, the waiter, the uh, restaurant owner, yeah. where he's going, it's like, uh, oh no, but but Frankie's already in here, and it's like, look, it's your job to keep the peace around here. If you start taking the Mickey, I might check if everyone's got licenses for the gun yes. in here. <laughs> the way, like the whole setup of it, just feels really kind of uh, real. Yeah, and it it works to get us into the episode and obviously bring uh, Zuko into proceedings. Mm. Uh, and uh, we, yeah, one thing we noticed at this bit is that the, the, I, I I always I've always really kind of like uh, wary with you, Seth, of being nasty to anyone. But like, I didn't think the singing was great. This was the first moment where we noticed really. a few bits which yeah. just were slightly. Off kilter, Juice South. Especially what we notice is the music from Juice South is really on point. And first of all, you get this kind of music in the restaurant, which like dun, 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 dun. it's like Italian stereotype music number one, yeah. which Juice South again usually doesn't do. And then you've got the singer, which is kind of off key, and 
I, I would have thought it might be a nod to like the fact that sometimes in these restaurants you get a cheesy singer who isn't that great. But you've got the mobster who's running the neighbourhood and they would make sure it was the, the best top-notch music, you know, only the finest for them. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, they were celebrating his like birthday. This was like a big a big thing for him, a big celebration. He had a lot of people there. You're not going to have this crappy singer. I'm sorry to I mean, say Well, that, this guy might be a great singer. Maybe he was just having an off night, but just it but, didn't... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You think, you know, if that was the case, somebody would have gone up and done something about it, maybe? Or yeah. wouldn't have just let him carried on sounding off-key so much? There's yeah. nothing about it. I, I just, just, I, that took me out of it a little bit. But yeah. of course, the drama brings you back in. That, that's the beauty of yourself. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so we kind of discover from this scene that um, there's a little bit of a thing going between... Um, Ray and Frankie Zuko's sister, Irene. Yeah, Irene. played by the divine uh, Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah. Uh, of course, of the Matrix fame, and uh, more recently, um, uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones mm. on the Marvel TV shows. I've, I did not at all remember she was in this. I don't think I've... I mean, I don't know. Maybe I've not... I've not seen this episode in so long, I've forgotten she was in it anyway. But I just... Um, it's it's another one of those moments like, Jesus Christ, the guest stars they got on this before these people then later became famous. It just shows you the talent they were attracting. And they weren't attracting them because they were big names. They recognized the talent. And those people went to be in, in The Matrix, in uh, Ryan Philippe being in Cruel Intentions. Uh, you've got uh, Mark Ruffalo, the Hulk in an episode. This is another one of this great legacy. I'm sort of looking forward to the next one. I'm going to notice and go, oh, I forgot they were in this as well. It, it's just, it's wonderful. Just, just that deep bench of kind of talent, which they nurtured for the future. Yeah, they are that awesome. Can I just point something out that is not to do with our, <laughs> I've just noticed about this rum. We've drank quite a lot, I feel tonight. Yeah, that rum is still it still seems to be a lot in the bottle. Uh-huh. Just sorry, just put that. Out. I was just <laughs> sure, yeah. I was, I was just looking at it thinking, do you know what? I feel like we've had quite a few glasses of it. Yeah, it seems to be. Maybe it's the pork that's got this. Um, do you know? But I don't feel we've had short measures. <laughs> well, yeah, because we're, we're kind of restricted with how sorry, much. Sorry, let's coming talk about yourself. We're just going to just discuss how much rum we drunk. Because normally, I find, if, especially if it's me pouring, it comes out quite quick, and I'll just be like, "Oh, whoops." But I don't think we'll be. You're pouring normal know. measures, you know, They're half a glass not, each. That, I haven't noticed any particular Michelle measures though, which is what we usually <laughs> no, notice. No, actually, yeah. I mean, obviously, when we can't fit any coke in the glass, that <laughs> yeah. is the normal. Yeah, thing. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. I've, you sort of like it, it's far. rum with a yeah. splash of coke, or, or in my case, you, you uh, know, it's getting on in the evening, yeah. <laughs> or drinking it straight out of a pint glass. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's it. It's, it's basically it's, it's got a pouring spout thing yeah, on the top, which great. slows down the pouring. Maybe we should always have one of these. Yeah. <laughs> we need that in our lives. It's a bit like putting a restrictor on your car, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> it really is. Perhaps that's why. But it did not everyone else. Anyway, juice up, guys. Hang on, I hadn't finished. Oh, I was going to say. Not everyone else got a bottle with that restrictor on. It's just you. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's just me. <laughs> they know my reputation. What can I say? Anyway, Ian, be quiet. Do yourself. Right. I did love the the fact that they uh, had the rivalry between Zuko and uh, Vecchio and the whole idea that he used to uh, be 
friendly with his sister and they've kind of got this on again off again thing that they've suggested but it's kind of like the um you get the feeling there's a genuine affection there and it's well written enough it doesn't come across badly but there is this mm. sort of thing where he goes over just to use his sister to make uh zuko uh you know to embarrass him basically yes. and to wind him up and like the, she even says at one stage, like, uh, you dancing with me or him? Like, you seem to be looking at him more than me. But the best thing about that, sorry, is that what you said. Yeah, because well, it he was goes a... over to shake some peaches. He goes over to say, oh, I shake, he's going to shake some peaches. But what did we get instead? Yeah, I think when I um, tried to quote that, I said squeezes peaches, yeah. <laughs> which I think was a whole different <laughs> whole different thing. Squeeze there. peaches. Squeezes peaches. Yeah. My peaches. <laughs> that kind of um, insinuates no, that you'd, you'd like to get peaches. closer to the no, peaches. You're saying squeeze peaches. Squeeze peaches. Squeezes peaches. Squeezes peaches. Oh, <laughs> it's all about your peaches, isn't it? Always about yours. Well, I don't like to boast. <laughs> But I will. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I think it's there, there is, um, like in, in another show, like there is this thing of the female characters can end up being just there to, to service the men in the plot. So like there can be a thing of like, uh, oh God, you're going to dance with me. I don't care that you're looking at my, like you're just doing it to make this guy embarrassed. And there's a sort of like selling out of the female character. I don't think that happens here. She's obviously mm. a strong woman. She has got that affection. Like they mentioned a previous relationship. That's why I think she tolerates a bit of that bullshit from Ray. But she calls him on it as well. And I think it kind of makes her a, a better character. I, mm. I think there, if you wrote that wrongly, that could come off the wrong way. And I think this is why Juice has to cut above. It, 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 it's ahead of its time for how it treats female characters. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's pretty damn good for it. Yeah, especially when you think back to the um, yeah, the time that it was made as well. You try, yeah, you, know, you think about some other programs that female characters weren't game written this no, well. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's still a male orientated cast by far. Yeah. But when they do have female characters, by and large, they're treated well, and they're, they're given... all very kind of like ballsy women in in, yeah. in the program as well, aren't they? <laughs> they're all squeezing the peaches. <laughs> <laughs> and as the show does go on, you do get more female characters are kind of like her regular reoccurring but yeah. you know that's something they got better on as the mm. show went on uh but yeah it's it's just nice that that's another one of the reasons why juice has uh, so good is because like it treats uh different people different ethnicities and different uh, genders and everything well it there's it, it, you know some of them you'll watch back and it's so jarring to see some characters of color or characters uh, who aren't men yeah. <laughs> or you know whatever else yeah you don't often see a thing in juice house and go <laughs> no you really don't you know some some programs have really been criticized from that when they've um, kind of become popular again like for example friends um is quite a recent one i think that's kind of been put out there again and a lot of young people watching it have criticized it for the way women are portrayed in it. Well, what annoys me, uh, well, and like, you know, the way that um, it's Chandra and Joey, whenever there's anything to do with even a suggestion of gay, they're like, oh, like it's the worst yeah. thing you could possibly suggest is that they might be gay. Yeah. And like that kind of attitude, and people go, it's like, oh, what if they can't handle friends? It's like, no, it's not they can't handle friends. They're pointing out there's some things which aren't ideal in that but show. I actually read the other day, funny you say that, I was reading a bit that uh, Matthew Perry uh, there was a bit where he was, uh, I, I think it was where he was actually going to go into a gay club 
um, for a tuna melt or something. If you really want this tuna melt, you'd be seen coming out the gay club. That would be a whole thing where he's then got to justify why he was coming out of the, the gay club. Um, and he actually asked for it to be dropped. He said, no, I'm not doing it. And the reason being is he actually just felt that the that whoever, whether it was the producers, whatever it was, didn't write LGBT. Um, uh, they didn't really cover it well enough or... You know, they didn't so do the it well enough. So the character in the show yeah. was meant to be going for he just didn't and, feel, yeah. yeah, he yeah. just didn't feel it was well enough covered properly for it to be part of it. So he just, yeah, asked for it to be dropped. He didn't feel it would do it justice. Yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, I don't know. I, I just... I, I don't think you have to be kind of like overly sensitive to point out some attitudes in shows aren't perfect. I, I'm actually against the kind of thing of... Like there are some shows which are pretty out and out, like all the way through sexist, racist, whatever else, and those shows do deserve to be kind of buried and not watched again, just because they're shit. Like, and they're they're you know those attitudes are so pervasive through them, it's not fun to watch those shows. But there's other shows like Friends, which have got some attitudes in some episodes which are rubbish, and like the way they handle kind of some gay storylines, like they've got a gay, a lesbian couple in there from the very outset. Which is very well handled. Other times when, like, you've got Ross, uh, sorry, um, well, Ross, Jerry, and Chandler's reaction to any suggestion of them being gay is not great. But I think you should still watch the show. That's fine. It's still a funny show, like mainly the early ones. <laughs> but it's not great things. But like, anyway, the whole point is, Due South does not do that. I, I don't. The only moment we notice really in an episode so far in the run on this rewatch that was kind of less than ideal was perhaps the way they treated a teenage girl on the loose in um in Chicago. Yeah. And and yeah. the cabbie wants to see a skinny dipping when she's fifteen. 15. <laughs> that was perhaps a little bit jarring. Yeah. But given that's the only one moment and sort of like there is, you know, that cabbie doesn't necessarily know how old she is. So it's again, it's still not ideal, but it kind of like you can sort of like mm, okay, that's just not ideal, but there's a difference. But but that's one moment in yeah. a series and a half so far. That's mm. pretty good pit ratio for yeah. someone made in the nineties. Definitely, I think overall, kind of like looking back now, we can kind of see it was a bit ahead of its time. Yeah. You know, compared yeah. to a lot of programs that were being made around yeah. that time. But like I think me and you have both said that um, it sometimes it's good to see the programs because then you can see how far we've come for the better yeah 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 you know and that's a good thing to see isn't it how we've come on because if you never saw programs like that you can't sort of say or yet the younger generation now can't really see and think oh yeah we have really cut you know but it's the, great. The, yeah but the, the, i think it's even more striking than when you do get something like a juice south which handles stuff really well it's really striking how well they handle it and like there's um, Cheers is one which was a childhood frame of mine, still love it. And there's an episode of that, you know, a few episodes where they deal with kind of like gay issues. And usually, if not always, it's actually the guys who are sort of being a bit homophobic. And it is the guys in the bar, they use an example of that, who end up being the butt of the joke because they're being yeah. homophobic. Yeah. Like there's one episode where they try and uh, they find out there's a gay guy in the bar, gay guy in the bar. And they try and kind of 
chase them out without knowing who it is. They chase the wrong person out of the bar. And at the end, of course, the gay guy is still there. And he ends up like uh, kissing. Uh, there's, there's two gay guys and they end up kissing Norm on each cheek. And he's one of the guys who's been trying to drive the gays out of the bar. And he goes like, they kiss him and he goes, better than Vera. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> but it's kind of like, it, it winds up. Yeah, they're, they're the butt of the joke, not the person who's uh, gay or, you know, whatever issue they're dealing with. So that's very cleverly done to show it in that way. And, like, you know, there's not an over-the-top, like, oh, well, we've grown in this episode. But there's a subtle way of showing that these kind of characters have grown a bit and realised how ridiculous what they were doing is. Mm. I kind of really appreciate that. But anyway, back to G South. Yeah, so should we go back to the dance? So um, Irene and Ray are dancing. Clearly, this is already winding up Frank Zuko. And then, to make things worse, they end up kissing. Yeah. And this erupts into a fight. This is just too much for Frank. He can't bear seeing his sister being kissed by um, Ray. And there's just almighty fight. And this is actually when the music gets better. This is back to classic G South. This is what we expect. Yes. They, there's like a really fun kind of fighting tune going on. <laughs> yeah, it's a harpsichord playing. It's like there's the band on the show who are backing up the awful scene. Awesome. So I'm sure he's a good singer, just not on this time. It's a bad day. <laughs> but there's a guy on harpsichord and it just kind of like, they have the kind of like, at the same time as a punch lands. It, just, just, it worked really well, didn't it? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's perfectly timed, perfectly synced in with the kind of like, the chords hitting at the same time as there's a punch being thrown or someone being yeah. hit and going, whoa, you know. <laughs> It's beautiful. It's just really well chore- choreographized, choreographed, 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 yeah, filmed and uh, put together. Yeah, and it it made a little bit of fun of the whole situation as well because it was such a silly situation in the first place. You know, it's like these warring kind of families or whatever they are, um, and just getting so upset over something like this. Clearly, there's something between these two, but I suppose you know the episode's called. You know, Juliet is bleeding, so it's a bit of a Romeo-Juliet thing. You know, these two families yeah. can't be together. Oh, my goodness, he's kissing my sister. This ridiculous fight and this music kind of goes so well with just the silliness that's, you know, going on with this this fight in the first place. And I think it's as all this is happening that Deepen Baker is kind of snuck in and he's, he's then going, going around food, yeah. eating all this food while everyone's distracted by fighting. So everyone ends up kind of like battered and bruised after this, don't they? And... um yeah, it kind of ends up that they're, um, uh, I think before I move on, I'm going to say something, but I think there's another clip before I move on to what I was going to say. Yeah, leading straight on after the fight, there's another clip which we like to call, Ray turns on the love tap. Constable, Mr. Zuko's sister was involved in Oh, great. But Mr. Sorrento did start the altercation. What did I say? Although Detective Vecchio provided him. Didn't I tell you to shut up? Mr. Sorrento charges that Detective Vecchio punched him in the face, causing serious bodily harm. It was a love tap. Well, that's not entirely true. Okay, so I belted him, but he pushed me first. Well, that much is true. Thank you. That's exactly how I saw Absolutely right. All right, shut up. Mr. Zuko is pressing charges. What? Son of a bitch. Charges for what? Harassment, assault, trespassing. Hey, Pat's car, Pettis, please. Real charges. The kind of come with FOP lawyers, suspensions for misconduct, not to mention civil suits that could threaten your career. It was his fault, sir. We just, we just came in at 8.32 or on report. Go see the duty sergeant on your way out. 
I, I love that scene. What I really love about it is when Ray calls him Lou. There's this just moment, a few moments in this episode where it's like there's a there's a lot of humanity. Like there are always is in South, but like usually Walsh gets to be the more kind of stern, serious figure, and you get to see him being a bit more human. Like at that moment where Ray calls him Lou, it's kind of like they're not talking superior to subordinate. They're talking like one cop to another. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, just by using his first name, that really emphasises that. What do you think, Nicola? Oh, yeah, I agree. You weren't listening to the episode, no, to the, the clip, because you didn't put your headphones in. <laughs> it's the scene where he's in his office and, like, it's just after the fight. Ah, Frank Zuko has pressed charges and they're yeah. being told Does off. Does anyone else keep wanting to say Danny Zuko? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think this was on a summer night. Mm. Oh, I was going to sing them, but I won't, I won't put you through that. It just all happened so fast. I mean, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, no. Was he no. driving a car? <laughs> well, he didn't get very far. I've been doing it for ages now, hasn't it? <laughs> Well, it's been said about me. Anyway. Who says that? That was too much information, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to find out who said that. That's going to be the uh, the holy grail of a quest. I mean, you, you don't usually say that. You, you don't usually talk with your mouth full. Anyway. Oh, my goodness. What? What? I don't know what everyone's inferring here. I think we have got a Michelle measure of a drink now, though, which you poured during that. With those glasses, it's actually quite difficult to tell um, how much you put in. Oh, that's dangerous. Is that really strong? No, but it mixes in with the the tropical juice, so I can't taste how strong it is. (laughs) It's always more dangerous when you can't taste the beast. It's lovely. Do you want to try it? Yeah, yeah, I do. Can you... I could have offered to help then, but I didn't. You could also keep talking by helping <laughs> in that way. Hold on, I'm going I'm to cough. Apologies. Nice. Oh, I feel like as I pass it back, I'll have a little sip of that. Yeah, that's fine. That's it. Yeah. It's kind of then getting the vibe of a cocktail going on, isn't it? Well, that's why I love having fruit juice now. Oh, yeah. Really nice. Mm. Yeah, I'm liking that a lot. Oh, so back back to the Ooh, action. Though. Back to the action. Yeah, so poor Ray has just been suspended for a week without pay um, because of this some um, fight. Oh. When you got given the opportunity to make peace with Zuko, and he chose yes. this suspension. <laughs> There's a lot of hard feelings That's there, isn't there? <laughs> but like, I, I I do. This is why I love these kind of reoccurring characters because <laughs> you do get to build that world. So by now you've established what it's like in his neighborhood. You've established yeah. that this guy is the punk kid of someone who's a real uh gangster. Like, you know, you may not respect exactly what the father did, 
But the father, you know, charged some money and did protect the neighborhood. Whereas this guy kind of started charging extortion amounts, which then, because Ray embarrassed him, managed to take away his power a bit so he couldn't do that anymore. But he's still the local mobster. So you build up that kind of thing of why Ray feels so strongly about him, why he isn't going to just go, oh, no, I'll go and apologize. He won't apologize to him because of what he's done in the past. Yeah. So it, it... it feels like really well motivated and well written for that. I, I always love the, the, there's always a good justification, very good human reasons for why people do what they do in G South. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So they, they all kind of like walk out of there and they're still hungry. They haven't had all their food um, in the restaurant. So they're, they're wandering off to go and find something to eat. And Louis asks for the keys to, to raise car. He's left his, was it his jacket he left in his car? He did. Yeah, well, he first of all, he said he was going to no, drive Dewey, it to Dewey, me, jokingly. Who in Dewey, isn't it? It was Louis, wasn't it? Louis. No, no, Louis, yeah, sorry, yeah, D- Louis Dewey Gardino. comes in later. But um, yeah. So he, first of all, he said he was going to go and drive his car, jokingly, didn't he? Because he's had a few he drinks. Does, yeah. And they went, no, I'm just going to go and get my coat. Yeah, so Ray um, gives him the keys to his car. Now, interestingly, because um, before, before this, um. There was a shady-looking guy that had been walking by the car, which Benny noticed, mm. but seems to have turned a blind eye for a moment. He kind of sees him, but then carries on walking. So maybe, but yeah, I, mean, I suppose there's been a lot that's going on that night, and he could have just been like, "Oh, yeah. you know, it's probably but, nothing." But Benny's but, on it. But that's not like him to to leave it if he sees something a bit shady. So are you talking Ray or Benny? Benny. No, Benny goes after him. Yeah, he does after things. Well, yeah, happen. there's this. My, I thought he went after him before. No, because he starts going over because he sees him. Yeah, he sees the guy, but then carries on walking. But then it dawns on him. Yeah, what's for a couple of steps? Come on, give me a break. Jeez, <laughs> give me a second thinking time. Yeah, but anyway, so Louis is walking over to the car. Oh, so... And then Benny kind of goes, oh, something's up. And he turns around and he's calling to him, isn't he? Louis, Louis, he's calling to him. And then Louis, he opens... Uh, the car door and you predicted it I did I did you predicted yeah. it and I did. well I remembered quite early on the episode of going I like there was I don't think you guys were looking I didn't want to say anything but like, there's a mm. moment where I think my jaw dropped when I'm going oh my god I've just realised it's this episode mm. it's the episode where we lose him yeah. and I just remember how impactful that was when I first watched it and you know it was quite it was impactful watching it again today but I just remember that moment where I didn't know that character was going to get killed off mm. established one of his main characters and it's that whole thing of like uh, you know it's 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 also knowing now the the real reasons behind it because Daniel Cash was unhappy. It doesn't sound like unhappy with the show, maybe like working on it, but he felt like his character should have got more. He should have more to do, so he kind of left the show for those reasons. And and to turn that into a good plot point whereby you've got this character who's been well established, and so it's so impactful if you kill off a character like that. It's really kind of really exciting, and it just really. Well, I think the thing is, though, is you would have had to have had someone that was impactful because if you're not invested in someone, we would have yeah. all sat there and gone, "Well, okay, yeah, that's sad, but we well, don't really it, know." It, it him, makes so. me wonder, like, what direction this show was originally going. It might have been it was originally a a show where you introduced a character who kind of like there's 
cop number five who's come in for dinner with them. You know, he's a friend who's, who's it's his birthday or something they've taken out for dinner. There might have been another motivation for why there was another cop there who then gets killed. Or, or maybe one which has appeared in a few episodes and you bring them back to, But then, you know. We wouldn't have, you know, when they're all sort of running around trying, okay, we know that Zuko didn't do it, but the fact they were all happy to pin it on him because they wanted him to go down. Um, we wouldn't have been invested in that. Well, that's why we I'm wondering. We can actually feel yeah. why they're so... Yeah. You know, otherwise we'd have gone, well, why are you so bothered? Well, that's you know, why I'd like to know you... if, if like, this we, was a plotted thing to... yeah. when they started writing the episode that this was the episode he was going to get yeah. written out in or if it was kind of a case that they'd had this idea for an episode and this just made the motivation for everything a lot stronger. Yeah. Because you could probably have introduced a character... Made you know got us invested in it, in it early in the episode and killed them off maybe a little later. In Put the them show. in a red shirt, and maybe they brought the you know it depends on how it's written. Yeah, exactly. But I, what I really like about this is you kill off the the character of uh, Louis, and it brings out this thing which is something which uh, just seems so true. This whole thing of like you've got these cops who are super competitive against each other. They're in different kind of like uh, uh, partnerships. They're, you know, they're, they're with different partners. And they seem to be bickering all the time. And But when, when one of them gets killed, they're all one family. You know, the, it shows that that uh, rivalry is sibling in nature. Yeah. They don't actually hate each other. They just get pissed off with each other, treading each other's toes when they're working on a case. Maybe one does think that they're superior to the other set. It's like it's pretty much established that... They are kind of like the B team to Ray and Benny. But they still do have episodes where they show there still are good cops. Yeah, there's still some lovely moments where like they show there's a reason why they've got that job. Like where Benny's being super nice to everyone, they're like, no, you have to be stern to get the job done sometimes. Mm. And I, I think it's lovely the way they painted that. So this episode really brings that home in showing that again, you know, when they when he gets killed. Ray cares, like that's his friend. He may have picked with him like cats and dogs, but that's a member of the police family. I I I love that kind of thing. It just seems so real. Yeah. It doesn't seem forced that, you know, they're they're trying to force that there's a relationship. That is what it would be like, I think. Yeah, and, and you know, with the way they acted it as well, it just seems so authentic. I think they all they all did an amazing job, I think. And I think that made it so much harder for us watching as well. It was it was heart wrenching. Like I said earlier on, it was it was really upsetting. I think uh, your friend of mine, uh, Tony Craig, uh, did a wonderful yes, job in this and uh, yeah. showing that kind of distraught distraughtness at his partner being uh, killed. Yeah, and I, I do. I love what it does to to Ray and Benny. Like Ray mm. is, as you say, so bent on kind of pinning on this guy, but Benny also like the yeah, we we've shown. And we've been shown in previous episodes. That's the biggest dilemma for Benny, who's who's so driven by duty, to then uh, having to choose between duty, you know, loyalty to the job and loyalty to his friends, and you know, in, in previous episodes, loyalty to Victoria, to the woman he loves. Yeah. That's where he really finds it difficult. And and later on in the episode, I won't spoil it now, but later on in the episode, it really shows that he'll go to a different length to try and kind of square that circle that square or square that circle whatever the phrase is yeah, yeah. i think there's a there was a clip actually which was really interesting where benny and ray are, are sort of well i say talking but obviously ray's probably talking at benny 
sort of giving him his reasons why um, this should all be... But without saying pinned on Zuko, but, you know, the reasons behind it and, um, you know, he's sort of saying about understanding it and uh, I think you can see, actually, which is really good acting, the fact that Benny doesn't really say anything, but it's kind of like you can see he does understand, but obviously that's not going to make him do it. Yeah, he knows knows what he's going to do, yeah. And it it also shows that... uh, there is a thing that has been proved to have happened before where the cops or the kind of like city want to pin on someone so they've got someone to say like, look, we've catched the killer oh, or caught the killer. And here, obviously, there's very strong motivation that they want to catch someone for what happened to their friend being killed. And they've got someone who they already are predisposed to not like. Yeah. So when everything fits into place to uh, to indict that person you know to arrest that person yeah you know but benny's kind of thing which he always does of going well look this is why this doesn't add yes, up look, just look at this logically you know it's easy he, for them to yeah. run the cover it's again it just seems so real like that that would happen and even with benny and ray's friendship benny has to fight really hard to get ray to see what he's doing and to yeah. see that he wants he, yeah of course Ray really wants justice, but he's blinded by his need for revenge. It's it's really a, a really great study into that need for revenge. It in is, people. and I, I don't know. I might be wrong about it, but I mean, from what I kind of felt through watching it as well was, even if you know Ray was so kind of blinded that he couldn't see like the logic that Benny was seeing. It's like, oh yeah, we found like a detonator in his house, but nothing else made sense. Um, and I kind of wondered if part of Ray being so blind to that was because of his guilt. Because, you know, this bomb was meant for him. Oh, yeah, that's definitely in there. His bomb was meant for him. And everything that kind of happened leading up to that was because he had provoked Frankie. So he, I think he must have had this, this guilt of, you know, this is my fault. I've caused his death. I'm the one that provoked this. I'm yeah, that should have been me. He has died because of me. So and I think maybe he was so kind of caught up with with that and wanting to pin it on Frankie. Yeah, possibly because of his own kind of emotions and he couldn't see past that to see this logic that Benny was like pointing out to him. It was yeah. I, I think the only thing which actually for me, I've just had this thought, which I think the only thing which could find it maybe a bit more is if you brought in Francesca mm. and brought in that kind of parallel of the two sisters two and sisters, maybe yeah. how it kind of like maybe had uh, her being threatened and just have that duality there. I think that would have been really interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is a very packed episode as it is, you know, so maybe be over-egging it, but I think that would have been a really nice touch on top, you know, to yeah. have maybe then Zuko starts going after Fran. Mm. Thing kind of interesting, just a thought, <laughs> but as it is, very, very powerful. And the, the themes in this one are really strong, they are, yeah, they are. And, um, yeah, so after this, they go on to have you know the, the funeral for Lewis Gardino, which was it was very emotional, yeah, very nicely done. Very, mm. like, I love the fact the guys aren't crying, they're just looking really just like they're trying to hold everything together. It's just like you can see how stirred they up they are, just through a stern look. That's really wonderfully done. And and Nicola, you were saying about um, Benny carrying the help being one of the pallbearers. Yeah, no, I just sort of said that um, wouldn't they usually have um, 
everyone from the same sort of... Uh, uh, for the same, same uniform, yeah, from the same, same you know, uniform. Cuts. But I suppose you're right. It doesn't matter what uniform they're in, as long as they're all working for the same greater good. I suppose. Exactly. The only thing I did think it maybe would have looked a bit more kind of in keeping, given that it's a funeral, uh, to have maybe uh, Benny in his subdued kind of like he's got a, a brown coloured uniform, which I think might have been a bit more subdued for a funeral. Yeah. But then is that his? Uh, but then I suppose with that, it's like with Ray wearing his. Red well, is his official colour. I well, assume. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's there's a dress uniform, and the dress uniform they've explained to us in a previous episode. The only difference is he's got a slightly different sash, but he wasn't wearing that sash. If he's wearing that sash, I would have said that was perfect, and it makes sense that that's his. We, yeah. They've already shown us that's his dress uniform. Very minor touch, but I, I, if they'd had that sash, I would have gone. They think of everything. <laughs> Well, yeah, they usually they do. Well. Usually they do. Um, also, do you know what I was thinking of during that as well? And I know this is a really silly thing. Uh, the guy that was folding the flag didn't look as sharp as I think it would do in a military one. It's very, very precise when you watch it in a military funeral. Oh, I, I, he just oh, seemed to be like folding it like he was folding a tablecloth. <laughs> I don't know. It just didn't seem quite as. But then again, you know, like that would be very, very well. Well, the thing which I thought finicky. actually you're along the same lines was when they were doing the uh, whatever cancellate, they were slightly out of time. They weren't all perfectly in time. It's always very sharp, isn't it? With things, yeah, like that, that, that very, just very sharp. That that did stick out yeah. to me because they are usually so yeah, like all shown exactly pinpoint and in I time. I know, like say, folding of the flag would be a bit finicky, but. They're usually so sharp in things like that. It's very, very... Yeah, yeah you know, if they just managed to kind of, like, hit those points a little bit more, it just would have been... Uh, really sharp. They've missed out on that. But it was still a very, very powerful, very emotional scene. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And to take nothing away from that. No, oh, and then Benny um, kind of sets off on his um, mission all alone to kind of prove Frankie's innocence. And I think, yeah. is it the lawyer that he goes to speak to? Yeah, but they also is... have him saying, which I really liked, that uh, nothing would make me more, more happy than putting uh, Zuko in jail. Yeah. He knows so, he's a bad guy. Yeah, but there is all that thing of it, it brings out, it shows that with Benny, you've got to be very careful to show his emotions. Sometimes you've got to show, show it in very subtle ways. Mm. So the fact that he's re- revealing that he'd want nothing more than to have Zuko behind, behind bars is something Benny wouldn't usually say. So for Benny, I think it's very emotional to say that. Yeah. But he does say, which kind of really brings it home, why he's doing the right thing. It's like, but I don't want to see his ki- the real killer go free. That Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? There's no point putting somebody behind bars and, and allowing somebody who's guilty to be free. Exactly. You mm. know, they're all doing... They're all trying to do what they think's right yeah. for their fallen comrade. Just Benny, as always, his moral compass is very like uh, firmly set in the correct direction, which, as we all know, is due south by southeast. Absolutely. And I think he's probably slightly um, distance from it as well. You know, he obviously he knew this police officer, but he wasn't part of their team as such, was he? So I think he does have that slight emotional detachment that I don't think they even play that I think they show him he's just as emotional but he's just he is able somehow to 
put duty for Lane put put his duty in the right place by and large like there's a, a few nice episodes where they do challenge that maybe you're right maybe it's just maybe it isn't as personal by a little smidgen which gives him that bit of perspective because when it does get very personal for Benny they do show a few chinks in his armor yeah. as to what he does yeah yeah and oh then we move on to another um bizarre scene so we've got the irene scene so she's in her room upstairs and it goes into some kind of weird 90s porn yeah this is this is one of those bits which we were saying like uh given that it is still a really well done episode there's a few moments which is a little bit jarring which don't thing about Giuseppe is it usually flows so well when there is a bit which doesn't you re- you notice it probably more than you would in some other thing but yeah she's got these drapes and she's kind of putting her top on or yeah she's changing, changing or something yeah you should know that you should know what <laughs> yeah. she's doing but then there's this kind of like music which if they'd used the same tune in a montage scene it would have sounded fine but along the backdrop of her getting changed in silhouette against these kind of like billowing sheets it 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 goes very porno. And then for some reason she changes the top then pulls these sheets down. I don't get... It's very what... weird, isn't it? There doesn't seem to be any point to it. No, you, you needed to start that episode, that, that sorry, that scene after that. Just take all that out. Start it with her just kind of like uh, going towards a bed in the bedroom and then have Wait, whatever minute, you noise. You start on your porno there. No. <laughs> and then whatever with, uh, with Ray throwing stones at the window, whatever he does to get her attention. Start with that. There's no need for Is that. Is there extra. a plumber in there? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so bizarre. And I d- yeah. You kind of think, well, where are you trying to go with this? Certainly. It's, it's just very dated music. What the hell's going on with the drapes? I mean, the dated music, just... it, 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 it was 90s music. But I, yeah. I think it just, everything I together I didn't get corner. the drapes. Yeah. Why was no. she dra- pulling those down? I don't really... No, it was, just, it was a bit weird. You just cut that bit and it flows much yeah. better. Yeah, so the stones are hitting the window and I think we're all kind of thinking, oh, is that, is that Ray that's um, trying to get her attention? Yeah. And obviously it was, but he's climbed up. Yeah, that's really nice. Arms. That's a classic. This was really yourself. nice, yeah. yeah. And it was like, okay, we're back to some good stuff again now. And the scene that followed was, I think, really good. It was amazing. And the acting yeah. in it was just amazing. Yeah, it was just such a shame that they had this weird, crappy bit to kind of start. Well, maybe not crappy. You might have enjoyed it, but um, no, I might have enjoyed it in another context. But yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it didn't fit. But yeah, I mean, with Ray, like in her bedroom with them talking, and there was such emotion. I mean, he was a little bit drunk. <laughs> he was a bit drunk, but there was so much emotion between them. And I, even at some point in the scene, he he talks about loving her. You know, there was. Yeah, very real between them. And it was just really nice, the whole idea that uh, even then, he's trying not to let the truth in. And she's saying, it's like, look, no, like, I've got no illusions about my brother, but he was here. Like, he didn't do this. You know, you know that. And Ray kind of, I think, in in what he says, kind of admits that he knows that. And he's still trying to charge on ahead. He's trying to convince himself that somehow by doing this, he's still doing the right thing, even though he knows it's not right. It's He's trying to talk himself into it. Yeah. Which kind of, in a weird way, does show he's still got that moral centre, because if he didn't, he wouldn't have to talk himself into it. Yeah. Yeah, and then kind of moving on to this scene, uh, we've got more Benny investigations, and 
I think we've got another clip to play as well. Mm. Yeah, our third and final clip for this episode. It's uh, one named by Nicola. Yep. Now, just to be clear as well, it's called Benny Goes Ray, but because no one else got it, it was actually me saying Benny Goes Rogue. Benny Goes Ray. Because Benny's doing his own investigation. So, can you explain a bit more? <laughs> yeah. I just, I just don't think Does that explain it enough for yeah, you? That middle finger up helped. Thank D- you. Don't yeah. think the play on words works for me. Okay. Who must be lost? What makes you say that? So this is this is full on Benny going up to the killer, saying we know it's you, and yes. just trying to stir him up. Yes, this is yeah. I mean, and sort is... of he's sort of also doing Zuko's dirty work in a way. In a way, yes. I think he's well. I think he's sort of flushing people out. That's oh yeah, my thought process. Yeah, but like usually he would go out of his way. To solve it without any hint of him working yeah. for the... But is he clever enough knowing he doesn't have to do the dirty work on this occasion? Because it's all going to be done for him. Well, no, it's true. I'm just saying that I think Benny would have usually found another way. But because of the stakes, I think he purposefully... He's going, no, I'm just going to go in and do that. I'll, I'll let them he... all hang themselves. Well, yeah, but yeah, it's like, I, so. I don't think he would usually do that. I think it's just, it's a nice nod to the fact that he is affected by this and he's going to an extra he's slightly bending his very strict moral code on this one occasion yeah. for this very good motivation which again it's all about motivation it's all about like it's not about like this is a very extreme thing for anyone to have done if Ray did this this would have been totally in character yeah that's why we call it going the, the full Ray away when he goes Ray when he goes yeah. Ray yeah. he goes Ray <laughs> whatever joke you were going for uh <laughs> oh. That's why it kind of it works that he's going right because. Oh, I just had a thought. That <laughs> if we went porn, just say that's just your fantasies coming out now, isn't it? Well, no, he'd have to no. Then, but then he wouldn't like. By the him. way, if that didn't come out, she was going Ben goes gay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought in my head when I said it, I thought. Is he going to cut that? Is he not? And then I realise you probably He's won't. He's not going to. No, is he? no. no that's, but that's then, more yeah, but if Benny did that, then he wouldn't be. I wouldn't be his type. Yeah, but the fact sometimes is, sometimes it's fun just to is, watch, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is Even it? more fun when you get a join in. <laughs> I was going to say I'm a joiner. I think. Okay. Not not with obviously other gay men. Let's just be clear on that. <laughs> oh, you're digging that hole there, aren't you? Yeah. I'm like you know. Was that when you two met? No. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, enough of you two digging that hole. Pardon the pun. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, did you? Nicola, I what? didn't mean it like that, of course. Oh, dear. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, just, I'm just dear awful. Listener. Yeah. 
Oh, smut. You were, you wanted someone to say that. I mean, I'd already said it, so I don't know <laughs> oh, why no, I said that. But the in the pan, you wanted someone to say that. Mm. Well, my ears are far too innocent for this kind of conversation. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, there's a lot of people in the room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's the person that spends no. most of their time around bum holes. That's true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, me, or, me or Michelle. <laughs> oh, well, who, whoever. I mean, Benny, you. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Benny, it's very true. <laughs> I mean, he's fast asleep now, so he can't justify himself. But he's probably like, yeah. <laughs> Fair. Even in the sleep, his little paw goes up, going, me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, where were we? Bum holes. Oh, yeah, bum holes. <laughs> Benny Let's goes, leave the bum Benny. holes aside, <laughs> as it were. Oh, broken someone up. Okay, anyway, moving on. Moving on, yes, we're moving on. Um, yeah, so after this, the guy's a bit kind of, oh, goodness, he's after me. But he goes to um, Frankie's house. Frankie's been let out on bail. He goes round to Frankie's house. Obviously, he knows he's in the doo-doo. So I suppose he goes. He's in the doo doo. He's in the doo doo. I'm gonna be censoring myself. Doo doo that you do so well. Absolutely. Because we need to. So they're kind of having episode. it out. So Frankie you do, knows. You do do do. Remind me of the babe. What <laughs> babe? The babe with the power. That's such a good film. Hmm? Uh, yeah. Anyway, so Frankie's like, I should kill you. So you know, he's already a bit riled up because he's found out. You know, this guy. Um, you know, he's killed this cop. And then he has this argument with Irene, his sister, and he what he doesn't know is um, Ray is listening. He's listening into this conversation from a van outside, isn't he? He is. Excuse me. Um, yeah. yeah. And some and, of the things and... he's saying to Irene as well. He's like, you know, I'm going to kill you. I'd rather, you know, you died than we're going out and with he Ray. Sla- and then he audibly slaps her. Yeah. And they've got a, a wound in her face. All this evidence they're going, it's like, well, let's just continue listening. It's like, surely that's evidence of crime enough. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Ray gets so kind of like rolled up, he's got to go in and just get her out of that situation yeah. at the end, doesn't he? And he, he just storms into the house, goes upstairs and grabs her. And then I kind of, I don't know, I might have been looking in the wrong place, but I, who, somebody shoots. Right. Yeah. You see, it's one of these moments where they wrap it up, wrap up the whole episode really quickly. It's worth saying that in advance because everything that happens in the next kind of like couple of minutes wraps up the whole episode. So it's a bit jarring, but the more you think about it afterwards, for me anyway, the more satisfying that ending actually is. Because for a while you're going, is that it? But then I think it's a thinker because you get suddenly Ray, Ray's gone upstairs to take uh, Eileen out of the out of danger, out of harm's way. The brother Zuko goes up with a gun, accidentally it goes off and kills her. Like they, well, you know, obviously shoots her and then we find out she's she's dead in a minute. And then Ray, it's sort of like just the I think the sheer shock of that shocks him out of all this kind of just need for revenge to need to actually do right and do justice to his friend and to his lover. Yeah. And to actually, actually get to what really happened, it's just kind of like it's it's almost this moment where it just wakes him up from everything he's been so bent on revenge. He sees what it cost him is her life, and obviously what it cost her is her life. 
And I just think that's just quite profound. And, you know, again, it was like when it first happened, we were going, like, is that it? Is it two parts or something? But the more you think about it, the more, well, for me anyway, it makes sense. I actually really, really like that ending. Because I like something which can make you, you know, <laughs> you can be, can you five minutes later before you go, oh, no, I do like that ending. That's quite kind of cleverly yeah, done. He didn't use it as a way to go, right, okay, this guy has to go to jail. He was like, it was an accident. Yeah. He knows. And even, I think, uh, uh, Jack Huey is saying, no, no, come on, come on, he killed her. All all we take is us saying that he killed her with intent. He goes, no, it was an accident. And, like, he's so broken. The only thing he's got is is the truth. Mm. Again, that just kind of really kind of uh, kills me. That just, uh, well, kills her. Uh, But Mm. uh, (laughs) just really gets me that. Yeah. Again, there's something kind of quite profound about that. So I think just a really strong, stark ending to an episode. And I think, like in any other Jew South episode, or a lot of other Jew South episodes, you kind of get the little laugh at the end. There's very few ones where there isn't a more lighthearted moment yeah. at the end. I think one of the only few things which springs to mind is at the end of Victoria's Secret, you yeah. don't get any lighthearted ending. You get any <laughs> getting shot. And her escaping with the diamonds. Or, you know, the diamonds get spilled yeah. and she escapes. So this is a really, again, a really just such a powerful ending. and Something so different. I like it where they've, they've done enough work to show you what a Juice episode is. That they can kind of break with format. And, you know, you, you get it still. It's, it's, it's it, yeah, really nicely done. What did you think, Nicola? Yeah, of? yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you say, it was quite a abrupt ending in a way but um yeah i like the bit the fact that uh you know benny i think Casso ray's just had enough in the end hasn't he and he's just like it was an accident it was an accident i've had enough want to draw a line under it the yeah it's a difficult one because they've probably done a lot more in the lead up to the end so like i say it could have been a bit more spaced out maybe but no, overall, I thought it was a good episode. And I they didn't it. kind of properly tie things up either, which they normally do. So like with the, you know, it's like we know who actually planted the bomb, but they didn't show him being arrested for it, even after Benny's... But I wonder if he gets arrested or if they left that to the streets to sort out. Yeah, I still get the who feeling... Knows? Yeah, we don't know. Again, do it's the way Benny's yeah. done that, he's kind of left it for the thug to sort out. Pretty much. He knows yeah. he can't necessarily prove that it was him so he's kind of handed off to again Benny would never usually do that it's how our character is for him mm. you know that would be in another episode Ray finishes the episode by doing that yeah that's that's yeah, not that's Ray, yeah. <laughs> and actually we had no uh, Benny's dad in it so that would have no. probably been quite good for him in it just yeah. to maybe if he'd given him that advice to just let him chill you know let him hang themselves I that think that been quite good yeah, I think that would have been tough to fit in. I think Francesca would have, you could have quite easily written her into this episode. Yeah. Benny's dad, I think it would have skewed it too much. It has to be a Ray's world which leads this story. True. Yeah, I suppose so, because this really wasn't about Benny at all. This was all Ray. No. It was just a little bit in the background, I suppose. But I wonder, really could they it? have brought ray's dad into yeah. this because that would have been ray's interesting dad oh yeah yeah maybe that could have been yeah. an interesting twist you know this is ray's story yeah. maybe yeah maybe that would have been yeah. a good addition yeah his dad all the way through is going like no you just pin on him let him yeah, yeah. and, that would have been and ray who's usually 
fuck off dad like you always yeah. let me down maybe in this episode he's fueled going so he's fueled by him yeah he's agreeing with him mm. going I will you know it's like he's actually agreeing yeah. with his dad which is everything he tries to avoid being oh that would have been oh, yes. oh, actually I think we can't go back in time and change it we've seen a few things which would have actually bolstered this yeah. episode I think you definitely get rid of those few dodgy moments yeah definitely it didn't really bring anything to the episode I don't think well I, I think we're heading towards this so let's go into <laughs> Can you give me the information I seek? And tell me what the best moments of the week are. So, uh, let's let's first of all, how many uh, blown up detectives out of ten would you give this episode? I'd go for eight. I was going to go eight and a half. I'm getting seven because whereas this is where it hits, it hits really Good. well. Yeah. And it should be eight, possibly even nine. But there's those few moments and it really does take me out of a really great episode. And those kind of moments, it's almost a worse sin in a really great episode to have those missteps. Yeah. Because it's like, it should have been so powerful and just kind of like, and it's still a very powerful episode, but those few kind of beats where it kind of like, why the hell have we got porn scene? Why the hell have we got an out-of-tune scene? Why have we got this Italian stereotype music? I, I think it's it's just even more notable in such a good episode. So I, I think, yeah, I'll even go seven and a half and it should be eight and a half, nine. Okay, but I am going to give Benny ten out of ten tonight because he's been asleep. <laughs> he's yeah. been a very good boy. He's been such our a Benny, good boy. By the way, oh, that's yeah. our Benny. Yeah. Although other Benny, he's been yeah. such a good boy. <laughs> yeah, he's been just so good tonight. He's so well behaved. Yeah. Tonight. I mean, admittedly, he's been asleep all night. But <laughs> uh, I, I, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we were probably moving on to most Canadian, most American, weren't we? Yeah, but something about the points thing. Actually, I think I, I, honestly, I, I don't. We don't obvi- often script doctor this, but I think with our tweets, it could have been ten out of ten as well. I genuinely think yeah. you have Franny, you add Ray's dad, who is driving Ray, who usually fights against yeah, him. Yeah, but do you need? Yeah, it could have been that if you have Ray's dad. I think so. Actually, I still there. think you I have. You could have had both. Yeah, because because he's doing all this stuff. For, with, and to, in some instances, uh, the sister of um, Zuko. And maybe seeing his sister is what kind of starts snapping him out of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, he's blindly doing all this stuff. Then he sees maybe something in his own sister which goes, shit, look, I may not like this guy, but this is his sister. This is, and this is a person who I'm saying I love, and I'm still willing to ignore the truth of this matter. Maybe that's what snaps him out. I think you could get some really powerful motivation out of that with the dad and with you the know, dad like in the his d- ear, yeah. kind of pushing oh, it's him like, on. It's yeah. like the angel and devil on yeah, your shoulders. Yeah. Like the been. dad is the devil, like the the uh, sister, the angel, and it's pulling him in the different direction. Oh, I think that. Oh, been, that would have been so yeah. good. I think I genuinely think that that gets this to a ten. Mm. Anyway, like uh, as you say, most American, most Canadian of the week. Uh, shall we go Canadian first? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you go first because okay. I I'm going to go for the young guy that lived across the road because he was a very good citizen and uh, <laughs> helped with the case. Nice. Okay. I'm Michelle. Gonna say, I want to say Irene. 
I'll say, I mean, she, I think, um, because, oh, it's, you know, I found this so hard this week picking my it was. Yeah, Canadians and my Americans. But I think, I mean, she was so lovely. I mean, you know, she had these dynamics of being pulled one way by her brother, one way by Ray. She was so stuck in the middle. And she managed to kind of, apart from a few kind of issues, she she remained loyal to both of them. You know, and I think that really takes some good character for her to to remain that way. I'm going Walsh. I think Walsh is very Canadian in the way that he he gives Ray as much opportunity as he can to make peace and to do what's right. And I think he is the one person who doesn't seem just driven by revenge in this. He kind of he like Benny, oh you know the only one of the uh, the cops I should say. Because Benny also sees above it, but he's the only one of the cops who never, you know, there aren't any scenes where it really shows him pointing towards revenge. He wants justice, not revenge, much like uh, uh, Benny. So I, th- I think that puts him kind of in the Canadian category of like, he's still got to do his duty where it comes to it of taking his badge from from Ray. But he's trying to kind of like push everything towards justice. Okay. And justice seems very at the heart of American, you know, duty and justice seem to be very big in the Canadian psyche uh, from, from I observe as an outsider. Uh, most American of the week. Michelle, you want to head us up on this one? Okay, I'm going, I've decided in the last few seconds, I'm okay. going to go for the, the guy that runs the restaurant that Ray and Frankie were at. Okay. Uh, he's, you know, supposedly he's supposed to keep the peace between the two warring families, but he kind of he gave in and gave the party to to Frankie, even though he had reservations for the other family. Um, so I think he was probably, um, and again, not trying to sound too harsh on our American friends, maybe a little bit driven by money, maybe. Look, we've said in previous episodes, sometimes we pick a nice part of the American psyche. Sometimes we pick a not-so-nice part of the American psyche. Like every country, it has both. Yeah. Um, I'm going for Irene Zuko on American because uh, Ray would want that. Why would Ray want... Sorry, give me a bit more on that. That's interesting. Because he would, because he's lost her and I'm just... I'm just paying dues to Ray. And he'd want her to be remembered as most American of the week. Yeah, I think so. Okay, that's interesting, because I'm really still just this moment struggling. Why? I mean, it's American. No, I'm just trying to think, no, as my... Oh, I thought you were struggling to know why, and I thought, well... Irene is the most American of the week. It's an interesting idea, especially since you picked her as Canadian. I like your reasoning. I like your reasoning for American, so it's kind of... uh... Hmm. It's definitely been the hardest week, hasn't it, for picking Americans and Canadians? I, I think actually I'm going to pick uh, Detective Jack Dewey because actually no oh mm. yeah I'm going to pick Dewey because he uh, it seems to be like he's definitely a very American cop and and he's playing that kind of like not stereotype but certainly that archetype of an American uh, cop who's kind of like uh when when his partner's killed, he's kind of just needs to get the job done and everything. And being driven by revenge in that way seems to be in that kind of character of the American cop we are shown in these 
in these TV shows. Something about that, and like something, you know, even being blinded to the truth by his want to do justice by his partner, like everything for your partner seems to be mm. always hard baked into these oh, American yeah, detective, shows. detective shows. So there's yeah. something about that which kind of calls to mind uh, okay. America. Uh, and you know, there's something very human, very understandable about someone wanting to seek revenge for a partner killed, even if it kind of can blind you to doing what's right. You know, you want to pin it on someone, even if you know in your heart of hearts it's not the right person. Mm. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick him. Okay, okay, and obviously we've got to pay our respects to uh, Louis. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, Daniel Cash, uh, thank you for your service to yourself. Like, uh, this is your, your, your last episode, which uh, we'll be directly talking about your episode. So uh, if you want to come on the show, sir, come on and we'll chat about it. I, I'd love to get him on here. Mm, that'd be awesome. Uh, and uh, w- one final order of business, lest we forget, Diefenbaker moment of the week. Oh, oh. I, th- I think ours might be the same, Nicola. Yeah, mine's yeah. got to be... Do you know what? Mine's got to be his little face when he'd been waiting for his meal all day. That's mine. Oh, is it? Okay, so mine's going to be once he gets into the restaurant when everyone's fighting oh. and eats all the food. That's such a doggo thing to do, I think. Okay, well, I'll pick a third <laughs> moment from the same scene, basically, of when he looks at the salad and goes, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> he looks at what, sorry? Looks at the salad and goes, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think all three of those moments, really, it's that whole scene. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I like the fact we've each picked a different aspect Perfect. of the same scene. Brilliant. <laughs> Sold. So uh, that that's it for this week, guys. Thank you, guys. What a what a wonderful episode. And um, yeah, I'm, like I know we're very hard on the tweaks, but only because it's like always. G South is such a high bar, but this episode is such a high bar that it's those moments. That's why they're so notable, even more so than they would be in another episode of G South. I think because it's it's a great episode. So we, you know we gotta take the good with the bad. Mm. But for this week, I have been. T- with me has been of course Benton and civilian aide Nicola and Mountie Michelle until next week uh, ladies say if uh, good folks at home had a compass what direction may they keep it pointed to until next episode due south by south east <laughs>